I was raised to believe if you, you haven't gone to school, you'll never get a good job. I didn't have a good job. I owned the company. <laughs> and I had not, I had been to high school for two months. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. We have a treat here on The Playbook today. It's very rare that we get someone of such stature, and I, and I know that you're so humble, and I don't embarrass you, but I'm with Bob Proctor, and he has so many, not only an entrepreneur, speaker, author, uh, but he's an inspiration to me personally. And you've, you talk about people that have changed your life, and there's those five or six people that you were talking about, you, you know, not to embarrass you, but you are one of those people that changed my life and gave it a different direction. We're both Think and Grow Rich fans. I think we share a part in the new movie that's coming out, August 14th and 15th, they're doing the premiere. But I thought for the few viewers that haven't experienced or seen Bob Proctor, if you could give a little bit of background on who you are and some of your philosophy. Sure, well, that's pleasure. And I didn't know that. You yeah. told me the story about <laughs> how it impacted you. And um, well, my life was, my life was a mess. It was a total, uh, it was in a state of chaos, absolute chaos, it, it, until I was 26. I wouldn't go to school, I didn't go to school. I no formal education, I had no business background. Well, how did your parents feel about you not going to school? Well, they didn't seem to, my mother raised three of us on her own. Okay. So, and my dad, he didn't, I, I never saw him. And mother was so busy trying to earn enough money, I don't think it cared, she cared. You know, yeah. I was having trouble in school, so she was probably glad I was getting out and going to work somewhere. And when I was 26, I had a man that sat down with me, and he said, why don't you change the way you're living? It never entered my mind that I could. And looking back and thinking about it, I think there's all kinds of people wandering the planet. There's all kinds of athletes that are not getting the results they want and they don't know they can change them. Right, only one person can change. There's them. only one person in the whole universe that can change Bob and that's Bob. Yeah. There's only one person who can change Dave and that's Dave. Now we get inspired by other people, we get help from other people, but we've got to do it ourselves. And he gave me Think and Grow Rich and he said, if you do exactly what I tell you, you can give anything you want. Well, I didn't believe that, but he was so adamant about it, I believed he believed it. And so I started to listen to him. And I set a goal, I wanted some money. I wanted $25,000. Now this was in 1961, so it was more money then than it is today, but I didn't even know anyone with $25,000. He said, listen, write it on a card, keep reading the book, keep doing what I tell you. So I started to hear people talking about earning money and there was one guy said, there's good money cleaning floors. You should, you should clean floors. Well, I wasn't proud, I'd clean floors. And he said, but you should do it for yourself, not for somebody else. So he told me where I could buy a used floor machine, some buckets and mops, but I had to borrow $1,000. Well, I was at the point where nobody wanted to touch me with money. And I often say, I wouldn't have lent it to me right. because I wouldn't pay it back. Not that I didn't want to, I just couldn't. But I found a guy and he lent me the $1,000. When you, I, when you borrow, excuse me, because yeah. I, I have a question because I know you. When you borrowed the, that thousand, because you owed people money already, you had explained that to people, you know, you were just finding yourself. But did you have a different feeling about when you borrowed this thousand that quite possibly you were actually going to be able to, to, to pay this back this time? Do you know something? 
If I hadn't had that feeling, I wouldn't have got the money. I got it from a guy, I knew his name, Al Kuyper. He was running, and I didn't know him. He had a trust company. It was like a bank on Danforth Avenue in Toronto. And I went in. I read a book where it says, go to one bank. and say, we'll give you to go to another one. Well, I ended up sitting in his office, and he said, what do you want this money for, son? And I told him I was going to build a cleaning company. It was going to be big. I had a dream. And I had to explain it all to him. He said, I think you'll do it. I'm going to lend you the money. Faith. But I knew when I was doing this. I had a picture. I had a dream, you see? Yep. And within a year, I was earning $175,000 a year. I had my billing up to $15,000 a month working for myself. In less than five years, we were working in Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, and London, England. I had my own company op opening offices all over the place. And I was earning over a million dollars a year, but I was irresponsible with the money. I would go down to the Playboy. There was a Playboy on Hyde Park, right beside the London Hilton. Um, and when, we were, when I was young, I would have been your friend. <laughs> That's what I did with my money early on. <laughs> well, I was down. I was playing, shooting crap. I was playing roulette. And I didn't care if I lost it because I knew how to get more. Right. I knew how to earn money. I didn't realize that was a skill in itself that not many people learned. And then one day I thought, this, isn't, this doesn't make sense. You know, why am I winning? And I didn't know why. And I couldn't find anybody who could tell me. I'd been raised to believe if you're going to earn a lot of money, you've got to be really smart. I knew I wasn't very smart, but I was doing fairly well. I was raised to believe if you, you haven't gone to school, you'll never get a good job. I didn't have a good job. I owned the company. <laughs> and I had, not, I had been to high school for two months. So I knew that was... Well, then I started to question all kinds of other things that I believed, and most of them were ridiculous. If you really analyze your beliefs, you'll change them. I had a friend one time, I, I was trying to figure out where do beliefs come from? How do you, because all religion and all science will tell you, you got to believe it. William James from Harvard, 1900, he said, believe in your belief will create the fact. So belief is an interesting word, you got to believe it. And um, I was having lunch with a mentor one time and he said, our belief system is based upon our evaluation of something. Frequently, if we reevaluate a situation, our belief about that situation will change. It was like bells were going off my head because I was trying to understand belief. How do you change your belief? Well, he told me, it's through reevaluation. And so I started to evaluate myself and reevaluate what I was doing. It took me nine and a half years, but I figured out why I changed. And it was the repetition of information. Thank you. You're in, you're in sports, you yep. know. It's repetition. Yep. Repetition, repetition. Well, but practice doesn't make you perfect. Perfect practice makes you perfect. There's a big difference. Great point. And so I found that the part of our mind that controls our behavior is not the part of our mind that gathers information. School deals with the part of your mind that gathers information. And so we gather all kinds of information, and if we can remember it, they give us a test, we pass the test, we get the degree, and we're educated. That's not education at all. That is gathering information. Education, as Hill pointed out, comes from the Latin educo, meaning to reduce, to develop, or to draw from within. We have genius in us. We have absolute perfection in us. And what we have to do is learn how to tap into that, to let it out. 
but we have a part of our mind that controls our behavior, and that's where a paradigm is. And the paradigm literally controls our behavior. I don't care what you're doing. If you're not altering the paradigm, you're not going to improve your results. Right. And those paradigms, you say, are based off of accumulative habits, which are skill, knowledge, and desire, not just desire. Yeah. And I think the word when I talk to you that I think about most that you are so you know, incredibly uh, just clear about is I, I've never been clear about the term embodiment. Mm -hmm. But you have this subconscious, conscious, and unconscious uh, belief and energy, a soul, Mm -hmm. and, and you see it as we are this unique creature that is embodied, right, in, in an environment in which we can create. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Because you have what? such great clarity on it. Well, one of my first mentors said that we're the only creature on the planet that's totally disoriented in our environment. He said all the other little creatures are completely at home in their environment, but they operate with instinct. You see, it's perfect. We have been gifted with higher faculties. We have the ability to create our own environment, but we've got to understand ourselves. We don't have a soul, we are a soul. We are living in a physical body corresponding with the material universe. Now we have to understand this, and if we don't understand it, we're not gonna make it. And we've got to understand, like I can look at your body, I can tell you all kinds of things about you. You are dominantly a left brain person you got a little bit of right brain, enough to really, you know, you got a quiet, sensitive side to you. It's a little shy side, but that's very small, so it's not many people would see it. You have a tendency with things, if they hurt your feelings, you'll have a tendency to hold it inside. You want to start releasing it, or you're going to have stomach problems. Now, I can tell that by looking at your body, Wow. you know? But I... I and he's right, by the way. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there's, there's, there's so much about ourselves we never learn. The part of our mind that controls us is our intellect, or our subconscious, where the paradigm is, but we're trained to live through our senses. We're trained to go by what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch. And we've got to understand that we've got this genius within us, and if we will consciously gain an awareness, an understanding of how to alter the paradigm that's controlling our behavior, when we learn that, we can start to improve life, just like that. And there's no end to what we're capable of doing. We're conditioned genetically. All mom's DNA and all dad's DNA becomes our DNA. There's two particles of energy come together. That's the moment of conception. 280 days later, we make our debut on the planet. Then we're programmed by our environment because our subconscious mind, which is totally deductive, it has no ability to reject. The subconscious mind is immoral. It's like the earth. It doesn't care what you plant but it'll return what you plant. Right. Earl Nightingale used a beautiful example in The Strangest Secret. He said, you can plant nightshade, a deadly poison, not a sixteenth of an inch away. You can plant corn as sweet food. One will grow with just as great an abundance as the other. And that's the way your subjective mind works. You put the wrong idea in, it will grow. Put the right idea in, it will grow. We have the ability to change what's in there. We did not program it. It was programmed through genetic history where the uh, confluence of a genetic pool that goes back for generations. That's at birth, and then environmentally. And we have the ability to alter all that. We're, up until around four or five, we're being programmed by our environment. Prior to that, it's genetic. That, the programming is dictating our results. When we change the results, we've got to gain an understanding that we've altered our own consciousness.
But if we don't understand all of that, we will point it down to it's him, it's her, it's it, it's this, it's that. We point to something outside as the cause of what's going on inside. That's never what it is. Right. It might have been someone that helped us shift this consciousness, but we've moved it. And if we want success, we've got to change what's inside. Right. It's essential, and it doesn't change until we do that. It reminds me of two things my mom told me. She was a real fan of, of reading, and especially mm -hmm. history. And I said, wow, that's what you tell, teach me not to stumble on the roadblocks behind me. Why am I so, you know, is it so important to study history? And she said, because the one thing that never changes is human nature. And so I want you to learn about human nature. Your mother was right. <laughs> it was amazing, right? It's what you teach, too. Well, yeah. And then the second part was Wayne Dyer was a, another mentor of mine, mm -hmm. a good friend of yours. Yes. Power of intention changed my life. Mm -hmm. But you know, the, the one line, change the way you look at things, the and things, the things you, you look at will change. There's no question about it. That, that's a Bob Proctor in a, in a nutshell, right? Oh, you yeah. change the way you look at it. That's all you did in your life. If someone asked you, that's what you did. See, the whole universe operates by law. Everything moves according to law. It's not an accident that it gets dark at night. If you went out of this hotel in the middle of the night and it was broad daylight, you wouldn't only be shocked, you'd be scared. Or in Finland. Yeah. But normally, you see, we're going by law. Yeah. Well, all our results are in tune with law. And we have the ability, Carnegie put that very well, any idea that's held in the mind that's emphasized, that's either feared or revered, will begin to clothe itself in the most convenient and appropriate form available. Wow. We've got to study. We've got to study nature. We've got to study what's going on. It was interesting listening to Walter, you know, yeah. who is an absolute genius. And he says he has found that artificial intelligence, to understand it, what you're really doing is studying yourself. Right. In the, in the pyramids of how things act and react. Yeah. And the other interesting is the importance, which, I, and I look at you, IQ versus EQ, emotional intelligence. And you know, the minute I met you and saw you on The Secret and all the different things and the friends that we share, I said, wow. I, I, it, we, it just resonates with me that I, my brothers and my sister are extremely uh, high IQ, academically intelligent. Mm -hmm. But I just, my mom's an educator, so she would say, well, don't worry, you have a high emotional intelligence. When I met and saw you, I said, wow, this is someone that's just like me. I don't see myself, you know, I, I understand things, but I'm more with you in trying to really manifest things and harness the energy and the, the soul and ideas that have been given me, the blessings that have been given me to share with others. And in fact, you know, as a last question, you know, we're here, mm -hmm. you're a chancellor of junior achievement. You give back more than anyone I know. I, you know, I'm Unstoppable Foundation, I'm on the board of that, and you're the biggest donor and most generous person through yourself and the Proctor Gallagher Institute, and just so grateful for you. But what legacy, after all you've done, you, you, you look like you're in your 50s, we look like we're brothers, but you're like over 80 years old, I can't believe it. What's the true legacy that you wanna leave when you're 150 and finally leave? <laughs> I just want people to do what I'm doing. I want people to help other people. Help them understand that there's more to life than they're experiencing. They can have whatever they want, but they have to earn it. I'm not interested in leaving a great legacy like that. My whole purpose in life is help people wake up. Wow. See, someone woke me up. That's all I want to do with someone else. Right. And. I keep trying to do it in a bigger way, in a bigger way, and 
And hopefully a lot of people are going to catch what I've got and share it with somebody else. Absolutely. Because, see, the, what, what the man said to me, the first guy, he said, you can have whatever you want. Well, you know, good you get thinking, that can, you can get out of the box. That's why you've been given an imagination, to get out of the box. It's with your imagination that you build images of what you want. And if you can build the image, you can do it. You can hold it in your head, you can hold it in your hand. When we understand that, like I would imagine this goes out to a lot of athletes, doesn't yep. it? Well, they can, they can have anything they want. They gotta pay the price. And when doubt comes in, kick it out. You yes. can't afford the doubt. And you've gotta understand, if you're gonna do it, it's repetition. Get the idea from someone who's already mastered it. Say, what should I do? And do exactly what they tell you. Until you find out they're lying or they don't know what they're talking about. The real pros are not gonna lie and they do know what they're talking about. It's repetition though. Repetition of the right thing will alter the paradigm. It'll change the behavior. That's awesome. Well, you have Dave Meltzer here with one of his true heroes and mentors, Bob Proctor. Empower others to empower others to get what you want. That's the true Proctor legacy. I am just blessed to call you a friend now. Listen. And I appreciate your time. I really enjoy it. Oh, you're, you're awesome. You're, I mean, you're doing such good work. Oh, I'm trying. Well, well you're not <laughs> only trying, you're doing, you're doing great work and you're doing it all over the place. Well, I appreciate it. This is Dave Meltzer. Biggest compliment I've ever gotten on the playbook.